بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فمن بعد before we begin this meeting and so on uh, which is about the two events one tomorrow and one, one next Friday um, I want to leave with your thought the thought is that if you want to see or know what is important to people see what they compete for if you want to know what is important for people see what they compete for people compete for things which they consider to be important right and that gives you an idea about what's important to them which means what are the values of that society We know from the time of the Sahaba, which is the, the biggest, best example of the Sahaba competing. Two of the premier Sahaba, they used to always compete. You know their names? Abu Bakr and Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhuma. Always. And they competed on what? How much money each one had or something? In good deeds, right? Their competition was for Hasanat. Rasulullah once after Fajr, he said, which of you today, is this conversation is happening after Salat al-Fajr. He said, which of you today, who of you is fasting? And Abu Bakr Siddiq raised his hand. He said, which one of you called on a sick person? Hmm? Ayada. To go and check on a sick person. Abu Bakr Siddiq said yes. He said, which of you participated in a janaza? And same Abu Bakr Siddiq It happened to be that day somebody died. Competition for good. After Abu Bakr Siddiq passed away, Sayyidina Umar always used to um, keep tabs on him. You know, what does he do? Where does he go? Because he, he's, he's trying to exceed him in goodness. So somebody came and said to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattar who is now the Amir al-Mu'mineen, he is the uh, Khalifa. So someone came and said to him that there is this um, hut or small you know, house on the outskirts of Medina, and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq every day, immediately after Fajr, would spend some time in this place. He would go there and he would spend time there. So Sayyidina Omar went to check. Why, why, why did he go there? When he went there, he found that there was in that house a very old lady, very, very old. Very old lady and she was almost blind, almost completely blind. And Sayyidina Abu Umar Adelanu, he saw there was a goat also in the that whole big tent. There was a goat there. So Sayyidina Umar Adelanu, he swept the tent, he cleaned it, he milked the goat. And he found some barley or something. So he also made some bread 
and he brought the bread and milk and gave it to the lady. Right? So he's doing some service, mashallah, good service. When he gave the bread and the milk to the lady, the lady said, you are not the one who comes here every day. Huh? He said, you are not the one who comes here every day. Sayyidina Umar said, how do you know? You are blind. He said, how do you know that I am not the one who comes every day? She said, because he knew that I have no teeth. So he used to soften this bread in the milk and then he would feed me. Hmm? Sayyidina Umar started weeping. And he asked her, he said, do you know who that was? She said, no. He said, you don't know who that was? She said, no. Sayyidina Umar said, that was Khalifatul Rasulullah. The only one with that title. Khalifatul Rasulullah is the only, is the, the only person with the title is Abu Bakr Siddiq from the time of Sayyidina Omar, the title changed to Amirul Mu'mineen. <coughs> Competing in goodness. Shows the value. In the Dubai Motor Show, I think it was 2015 if I'm not mistaken, but that year, in the Dubai Motor Show, the the, the classic piece, the focus of the motor show, was a Volkswagen Touareg with gold-plated wheels. Right? Because there was a, I forget the name of the guy, but there was a, uh, a person who won the uh, desert rally in a Volkswagen Touareg. So the Dubai Motor Show had that as the centerpiece. Gold-plated wheels. Same time, in the Sweden Motor Show, the centerpiece was a carburetor which <coughs> gave far better combustibility for fuel. So, power to fuel-to-power ratio was much higher. So, in one place, you are seeing the thing that they are looking at and which is important is high-class engineering, right? Precision engineering. In the other place, it is bling, show. The point I'm making is that our values are displayed by what we compete in. <clears throat> And these are communicated because if this is what we compete in, this is what we are teaching our children. Ask yourself today, Muslims as an ummah, what are we competing in? Are we competing in research, scientific research? Are we competing in, for example, uh, space programs? Going to the moon, going to Mars, launching fantastic telescopes, things like that. Are we competing, for example, in Alleviation of poverty globally. Nobody must be hungry. What are we competing? Are we competing in 
ہائی کلاس ویری ڈیپ ویری گڈ ریسرچ اینڈ پبلیکیشنس وی ٹاکنگ اباؤٹ یو نو ٹریمنڈس فینامنل یونیورسٹیز ڈو سی دیٹ از دیٹ ہیپننگ واٹ آر وی کمپیٹنگ آن ناٹ جسٹ ویلتھ نتھنگ رانگ ود ویلتھ ویلتھ از اے ویری گڈ تھنگ وی کمپیٹنگ آن میٹیریل از اے میننگ شوئنگ آف آف دیٹ ویلتھ It's not just the wealth, right? 747 with a onboard jacuzzi or something. Huh? I always wonder, do they have seatbelts in those jacuzzis? If it hits a air pocket, what happens? <laughs> But seriously, if you think about this and say that if what we compete on, if it shows our values and what are our values as Muslims? And to whom? who do these values our, our values as muslims who do they benefit certainly not benefiting us because we are at the receiving end of everything right we apparently have wealth but that wealth is not in our control uh, we don't have economies we have bank accounts anybody can come and take out that wealth because if it's your wealth then you should control it but we don't control it do we control it no, no. So it's not your wealth. You think it's your wealth. You're sitting on it. So what? So is a cockroach. Now if a cockroach is sitting on an oil well, he says, this is my oil well. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> what do we compete for? The reason I'm saying this to you is because you guys are the youth leaders of this place. And it is important to be to do that and to do the leadership in a way which is inspirational tomorrow we are going to have somebody here who started off as a basketball player and she played and she played very well right and then when it came to competing internationally She hit a roadblock. And what was the roadblock? It was her hijab. They said, you cannot play in a hijab. Right? And she fought that. Now think about this. Right through that entire period of... And she fought for that and she won. But by the time she won, she was too old to take part in the international competition to play as an international player in Europe but she won so anybody any woman any Muslim woman who wants to play basketball with a hijab can now do so because the rule was changed but the time it took was so long that this one Bilqis Abdul uh, Bilqis uh, Abdul Qadir, she could not play, even though she fought for it. Now, my question is very simple. Think about this. Bilkis also could count, right? I mean, she knew how old she was and she, she knew how the time was passing and she knew that if it didn't come in time that she would lose it. I mean, she's not dumb. All it needed was for her to take that piece of cloth off her head. That's it. How difficult is it? 
Okay, I tried, it's not happening, but this is very important for me, my career, what not, what not. She could do that. She could have taken that cloth off her head at any point in time. She didn't. She paid a price. She paid a price. But what did she get for that price? Think about this. If she had taken her hijab off, she would have become a great basketball player. Let us say, in her career, she would have scored more than anyone else previously. But that's it. Right. But instead, what did she get? From being a basketball player, she became a source of inspiration. Now, as a choice, which is the bigger choice? Which is the better choice? She became a means of inspiration. She became a unique person because any time the history of basketball is written, 10,000 years from now, and they say who was responsible for the removal of the hijab ban, there is one name. And that name is Bilqis Abdul Qadir. Now that is what I want to talk to you about. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyil kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika.